And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. We've been in this series called This Is Us, and it's kind of a longer uh, series. We've actually done two series up to this point uh, that are kind of lengthy. That is unusual. Uh, but we've been in this series, uh, This Is Us. It's a 12-week series that is really unpacking our new vision and values as a church. And we've defined our new vision as this, leading people into a transforming relationship with the Lord. And the key word that this, this whole vision statement is built around is this word transformation. That we believe that God wants to transform our lives, but not just for us so that we can enjoy it ourselves and just kind of chill out and relax, but to transform our lives so that he can use us to transform the lives of others. And I don't know about you and your own journey with the Lord, but, but, but this transformational process, right, of becoming all that God has created us to be, that's not something that comes overnight, right? Anybody else had to go through a journey of the Lord just kind of working some things out, carving some things off of our lives? It is, it is a journey. It's a process. We've called it the transformational process. And there's really four steps to that. We've been talking about those the last few weeks. That first step in the transformational process is knowing God. The second one is finding freedom, then discovering purpose, and then today I want to talk to you about making a difference. And I want to share with you, I shared several weeks ago, that this is not something where we take the step and we're done. In my life, what I've seen is it's this constant cycle of I'm, I'm knowing God, I'm finding freedom in my life, I'm discovering you know, what, what God is wanting me to do in this season of my life, and I'm making a difference. And as I do that, I begin to know God even deeper. And I began to experience an even deeper freedom in my life. And God ends up changing some seasons and pushing, pushing out a little bit. I don't know if anybody's ever felt stretched by God before, but that is that transformational process that, that he has us on. And, and we know that we've kind of hit the pause button when we don't feel that anymore. When we feel kind of like a disconnect from God, we feel like maybe there's some, some, some things in our life that just keep kind of haunting us and, and they keep kind of, oh, it's like this dark cloud that everywhere we go in our life, they're just, it's just there. Like we're, we've, we've lost a sense of, uh, of purpose. We don't, we don't sense God stretching us anymore. And, and, and oftentimes when we're feeling those feelings, it's because we've hit, hit the pause button in the transformational process. And I think God wants to kind of wake us up a little bit. God has so much in store for each and every one of us, but we don't get to experience it unless we're surrendering our life to this process. So this morning I want to talk to you a little bit about making a difference. If you'd grab your Bible or smartphone or um, uh, if you're super smart and you got the Bible memorized, just put your hand on your head right here and uh, let's pray and ask the Lord's blessing over our time today. You could repeat this with me. Father, as we open a word today, speak to me. May I have ears to hear, a heart to receive, and the courage to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me ask you a question, a sincere question. How many in here want to make a difference? How many want to make a difference in the lives 
of other people. You know, that desire that's, that's in us to, to make a difference in the lives of other people, that's, that's not a desire that's there because we're really good people. It's a desire that's there because the Lord has deposited that, has created us to be difference makers. And in our life, it's this journey of, of if you're anything like me, you kind of you drift and, and life kind of becomes about, about you and about your aspirations and what you want. And, and it's this, this journey of the Lord just kind of redirecting and trying to, trying to pull you back over to be in alignment with the way that he's created you to operate. You know, I, as a kid, I loved uh, riding bikes. Um, and I had a couple different different bikes, and and, um, and and back then that was before all the video games and all the smartphones. So like kids actually played outside. Uh, I don't I don't know what that's like nowadays, but um, but we actually played outside. It was a lot safer back then. So I mean I, I would I would ride all through the neighborhood and other neighborhoods and and through the city. I actually got lost one time in a desert on my bike, and then. And then the kids that I were with, um, they stole my bike. And so I was stuck at this school like all day and the cops had to come find me and it was a pretty, pretty freaky moment. But anyway, I love bikes. And uh, <laughs> if you ever rode a bike, do you remember when the chain would fall off? Oh my gosh, like all these kids over here are like, chain, what's a chain? What's a bike? <laughs> And I remember when the chain would fall off and it's, it's like you got, you got this bike and, you know, it could be a cool bike or like hand-me-down bike or whatever. And, and the bike's designed, it's got wheels, it's designed to take you somewhere to get you where you want to go. But when the chain comes off, you're just kind of there spinning your wheels like, like you can pedal as much as you want and you don't go nowhere. And when I think about our spiritual lives, I think that our spiritual lives can be a lot like riding a bike when the chain falls off, that, that we can feel sometimes that, that, that we've got this amazing life or this amazing opportunity, but no matter how hard we try, no matter what we do, it just feels like we're kind of never getting where we want to go in our lives. And, and I think the reason why we feel that sometimes is because God has designed each and every one of us to be a difference maker, to make a difference in the lives of others. But so many times what we do, so many times we go about being a difference maker in our own lives and our own dreams and our own desires. And, and Jesus makes this statement, um, really it's a prayer in John chapter 17 and verse 18. He says that just as you sent me into the world, he's, he's praying this prayer to the Heavenly Father. He says, I am sending them into the world. But just as you sent me into the world, that I am sending them into the world. Another translation that I like, the message translation, says it like this. It says that in the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, he says, in the same way that I give them a mission in the world. 
Now, when you, when you hear that, like my initial reaction is, okay, what, what was that mission? What was the mission that Jesus was talking about that the heavenly father had given him? And we see that mission in Luke 19, 10, when Jesus says, and he's speaking of himself, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. His mission was to seek and to save the lost. That Jesus' mission in life was to make an eternal difference in the lives of other people. And Jesus is making this statement that in the same way that that was my mission in life, that I give them the same mission. That I give them the mission to seek and to save the lost. We see Jesus begin to kind of unpack that, flesh that out a little bit more in Matthew chapter 28. And a little bit of context leading up to, to Matthew 28 is that, that Jesus has already laid his life down on the cross. That he's already given his life, he's already raised from the dead, and here he does, he comes back for 40 days of kind of popping through walls and freaking people out and having some conversations like, could you imagine like, okay, I saw you on a cross, I saw you dead, you disappeared, and now all of a sudden you're back here. And it's kind of like, like that moment, right, for 40 days leading up to the point where he ascends back into heaven. And in this 40 days, Jesus invites the disciples to meet him on a mountain in Galilee, and, and he gives them what their mission is in life. And he makes this statement, and the reason why this statement is so important for you and I is because it's not just a mission for the disciples, but it's a mission for every single one of us. That it's a mission for our life too. In other words, the way that I've kind of pinned it in my, my notes is that, that Jesus wants us to be mad. Like Jesus really does. He wants us to be mad in life. He wants us to make a difference. And he begins to unpack that here in Matthew 28, starting in verse 19. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I've given you. And be sure of this. I love this part. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. In other words, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And this morning, I want to I show you four things in these two verses, this this commission, this mission that, that all of us, that God has deposited within our hearts and with our spirits, there's four things that stand out to me about the mission that we're all called to that I want to share with you today. The first one is this, and I, they're all directives from Jesus. And the first one is this, the directive is as you go, as you go. Now, when we look at this first verse in 19, and it says, you know, go and make disciples, when we try to um, define 
the original word, we, in our English language, we have a hard time finding a way to do that within one word. So we get the word go. Now for us as Americans and in the English language, when we hear go, we, here's what we think. We think I'm going this way, I gotta drop everything that I'm doing and then I've gotta go this way. Like we think of it as this idea of drop everything you're doing and go, that that's kind of the mission. And, and yes, there are times that, that Jesus will call us to drop everything that we're doing and to go, but this, this word is better understood as, as you go. That as you are going, in other words, that we're to be engaged in the mission and seeking and, and saving the lost wherever we are and in whatever we're doing. Like it's less about leaving that and doing this, but it's more about as we go, we are seeking and saving the lost. And I think that's why Paul said this in Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. Look, he says, and whatever you do or say, like whatever you do or say, so when you're going about your job, your hobby, um, going to the grocery store, right, going to a restaurant, that Paul's like, whatever you do and whatever you say, and that word say, that's something a lot of us could learn, especially in this like day and age with social media and all that stuff. Whatever you do and whatever you say, Paul says this, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. In other words, when I go to work, it's not Ryan going to work, but I'm allowing Jesus to go to work. When I go to the store, I'm allowing Jesus to go to the store. When I'm uh, at the front door uh, greeting people as they come in, it's not about me and my fancy personality because Lord knows I ain't got a fancy personality. But it's about Jesus being at the front door, me allowing Jesus to work through me that we are a representative Think about that from, that's the do part. Think about that from the say part. Like, think about the things that we say during the week. Think about the things that we say on social media. Are we being a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ? Paul says, giving thanks through him to God the Father. That the mission for us the co-mission of joining Jesus to seek and to save the lost, that it's one that, that is supposed to be lived out as we go, as we live our lives. The second directive that we see in this, and this is one that I've really been wrestling with personally for probably the last three to four years, and it's this. The directive is to make disciples, right? Make disciples, not decisions. Make disciples, not Decisions. In other words, the job isn't done for us as followers of Christ or even as a church when somebody raises their hand to make a decision to follow Christ. And you've, you've heard me say many times and you'll hear me say a whole lot more times for the next 150 years that Andrew and I are your pastors. That salvation, the moment that you slip up your hand and accept Jesus Christ into your heart, that's not the finish line 
of your faith. It's the starting line of your faith. And we've seen, and I've seen it, I've been a part of it, and that's why there's this tension within even my own self and my own life that as an American church that we've been, we've been really good at reaching people through a lifted hand, but we've been really bad at coming alongside of people and helping them become the people that God has created them to be. As a church, we're really good at encouraging people to accept Christ, but we're really bad at helping them experience the transformed life that comes in Christ. And when we look at this verse 19 and this word disciple, like for us, that's not a word that we kind of throw around a whole lot in, in modern times, but it would be more like the word apprentice, that, that we are challenged to, to, to go as we go and as we live our life, but to, to create apprentices, people who, who go deeper, this, this ongoing learning process in their own life and you know, this transformed life that we talk about and that we're going to be talking about a whole lot. It's a, it's a life of, of progress. It's a life of us, look, it's a life of us becoming more and more like Christ. A lot of us, we give up on our journey with God because we're not as much like Christ as we want to and we fail to realize that it's a process in our life of the Lord carving off some things here and there. I, I am so thankful that God doesn't carve all of my faults off at one time. He just don't do that. It's one at a time, a little bit here and there, but it's not just so that we become more and more like Christ, but it's also so that we can help other people become more and more like Christ. Third directive that we see in here, I think this is a huge one, is that the directive that it's something that's that shared, that this mission that we're all on to seek and to save the lost, that it's a mission that is a group mission, that no one person can accomplish it or Jesus would have not asked all of the disciples to come up on top of the mountain that day. It's something that requires all of us to participate in. And I think that's why the Apostle Paul, in talking to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he kind of explained the church, the body of Christ, and he used the, the similarities to our own body. And he talked about how the body is made up of a lot of different parts, right? Eyes, nose, mouth, ears, hands, feet, knees. I mean, some of our knees are struggling a little bit, but they're there. Um, some got the bionic knees, but, but you know, he, he's talking to them about the body and the many parts. And he makes this parallel to the church, that the church is a lot like that, that we are one body that's made up of many parts. And we see that play out even in our own church's mission, that as we come to church on Sundays, that, that, that right now, like on Sundays, you have people that show up early to 
um, to rehearse songs and to, to play songs. You've got people that, that you'll never see that are upstairs in a back room that are pushing buttons and making sure that, that, that what we're doing here can go out to live stream to people that maybe they're going through a difficult season in their life or maybe their kids were just going berserk today and they're like, I just can't even deal with it, right? So I'm going to sit at home, and, but I'm still going to be able to engage the service and, 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 and our teens that are outside with signs just trying to hopefully put a smile on your face and, and greeters and ushers as you come in that they're here to, to serve you and, and, and to help you find the place that you want to be and to answer any questions that you might want to have. And, and then you get to be able to drop off your kids. And, and, and we got nursery workers that just love kids and just love kind of bouncing them on the knee and just, just what I love about kids workers, and you don't realize this, but so many times they're not just bouncing kids on their knees, but they're speaking life over them and, and praying over them. And you're in here receiving from the Lord what you have, and your kids are also in there receiving Lord, words over them, words of health and, 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 and life and words of transformation. And, and, and they're sowing that into the elementary kids and, and the people that are involved working with our teenagers. And, and then you come in here and, and, and you experience, you encounter all of that before I even come up here. And so many times we look at this, we look at, at this spot in the service as being the, the, the highlight or whatever, but the reality is, is evangel is one body with many parts that, that when we are seeking those that, that need Christ, that it's all of us that are coming together. It's not one greater than the other. It's all of us locking arms together and saying, I'm gonna live a life that's on mission. And what happens is, is when that body's missing parts, Right? I mean, think about, your, think about your body. Like, think about when the hip's not working right and the knee's not working right and the feet are all swole up. Or like me this past week, like you couldn't hear out of your right ear and, and, and the equilibrium's all messed up. That, that, that our bodies experience that and when they do, they don't function the way that they were designed to function. And the same is true with the church. That if our mission is to seek and to save the lost and the mission of the church is to be a light in a dark place then it requires us and the giftings and the talents that God has deposited inside of every single one of us to be used in order for the church to be able to be a light in order for us to be able to reach the lost you know, I think of the, the fourth directive here. And I'm not going to spend time on it because it's pretty self-explanatory, but the directive is global. Like to go and to make disciples of all nations. It's global. It's, it's all nations. It's all ethnicities. And, and what I love about this and what I love about these directives is this amazing promise that oftentimes we overlook in the text in verse 20. But the promise is this, is that when we live our lives that way, when we live a life that, that is on mission for the way that God has wired us in that last part of verse 20, 
it says that the promise is his presence. That he's with us always, even to the end of the days, that he's with us. I want you to think about your own journey and your own life with the Lord and just the, the proximity and the relationship that's there. Like, if you want more of Jesus' presence in your life, if you want to feel his presence and activity in your life and his anointing upon your life, then you've got to live a life that's on mission. But the promise here is that as we live our life on mission, we experience a greater presence of the Lord in our life. See, the common misconception in our journey is that we, we just receive. Like, God sent his son to die on a cross, and he did. And he died on the cross for your sins and for my sins, and he did. And we have an opportunity to, to receive that amazing, amazing gift, and many of us have. But oftentimes we stop there. When the real call upon our life is not just to receive, but it's also to reach. That we receive and we reach. And as we receive and we reach, we experience more of God in our life and we receive and we reach. And it's just this, this process in our life of receiving and reaching, receiving and reaching. And when we get that stopped or it's not working right and we stop at the receiving and we quit the reaching, then we start feeling this disconnect in our relationship with Jesus. You know, my personal time this week, I was really moved. I was reading Acts chapter 20. And I was really moved by something that the Apostle Paul said in this text. And I want to share it with you today as we begin to kind of bring it to a close. He says in Acts chapter 20, verse 24, look what he says. I don't care about my own life. That's an interesting statement for Paul to say. I don't care about my own life. And I begin to think myself, like, do I, do I have that position? Like, like, can I say truly in all sincerity that I don't really care about my own life? Like, as you're sitting here today or watching or or listening to the podcast later in the week. Can you say that about your own life? Friend, we get so focused on ourselves. We get so focused on the inner circle of our family and closest friends. And, and that's not necessarily bad. But, but when that starts leading us down a road where we live our lives all about what we want and what makes us happy, then we begin to miss the point of why we're here. All of those things are byproducts of a transformed life. But when we go after those things, before we go after the transformed life, we miss out on the transformed life. And Paul's making this statement here 
He says, I don't care about my own life, but look what he says, the most important thing. The most important thing is that I complete my mission. Can you say that about your own life? I'll be honest, it was convicting to me this week. The most important thing is that I complete my mission. And what's the mission? The work that the Lord Jesus had given me, and it's the same mission that God has given each and every one of us to tell people the good news about God's grace. To tell people the good news about God's grace. Oh, Father, forgive us for missing the point of life. Father, forgive us for being so consumed with our own lives that we've lost concern for the lives of others. Father, forgive us for abandoning your mission and chasing after our own. Father, help us to be a people and a church that lives on mission to seek and to save the lost. I don't know about you, friend. I don't know what your heart's desire is, but that's mine. And friend, I'm going to give you a hard pitch this morning. I'm going to help you leave today getting started. <laughs> living a life that's on mission. It's as easy as this. It's super practical and very easy. Start serving. Start serving. All right, that's a pretty hard pitch. Like, like, like you're just coming right out there, right? Yes. Yeah. Why? Church, I don't know if you feel it. I can tell you that Andrea and I feel it. That our leadership team feels it. That our deacons feel it. That we feel like we are on the threshold of something great that God wants to do through our church. Visually, it feels like it's like, it's just, it's, it's there and it's right on the edge and it's this, this, this anticipation and expectation, but it's this, this anticipation of just sensing and feeling like, like the Lord's got more for evangel than than the last 62 years that the last 62 years have been influential and 
hundreds, if not thousands of lives have been impacted, but, but that God has brought our church through that season to position us for the season ahead. And church, there's things on the horizon that I can't even speak of yet that, that God is behind the scenes ordering and orchestrating that he's up to God-ordained opportunities that, that I believe that are going to allow us to experience his promise in Ephesians of exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Well, church, I'm going to tell you, we got to be ready. We got to be ready. We are the body of Christ that God has deposited in the city of Tallahassee, but not just for this city, but to make a global impact. And I believe that today is the alarm going off. It's the alarm going off that, that some of us have kind of fallen asleep spiritually over the last 10 to 12 months. Yes, we've experienced a pandemic, and yes, we've experienced some difficulty in our lives, but we've fallen asleep spiritually. And I believe the Holy Spirit is sounding the alarm that I've got great and mighty things, that there is a move that I want to do through this church. But the only way it'll happen is if we quit hitting the snooze button and we get up and we surrender our lives to the Lord and we make a decision that I'm not just gonna receive today, but I'm gonna reach today. The Apostle Paul said there's one body and many parts. And we're putting a call out for six specific areas today. Church, we need some live stream hosts. I don't know if you know this, but we've got 200 to 300 people that are watching our services on a Sunday morning online. And we need some people that aren't scared of technology, that love to encourage people up that can that can type a, a quick little message here or there, a quick note of encouragement, or say, hello, we need some coffee hosts. How many ready to get some coffee on Sunday mornings? I know I am. We need some people that could give up an hour of sleep and get here and make some coffee. And like our nursery team, they're not just making coffee, but they're praying over it. They're praying God's favor and blessing over you as you as you drink and some greeters and some parking lot greeters and some ushers and church we need some some people that are more behind the scenes like some protection people church next week in our annual business meeting we're going to be talking about a project a technology really overhaul of this room and where our kids and our youth Meet. We're wanting to move our, ki our youth up to the old sanctuary and, and get them front and center, not out, out of the dungeon and up here and, 
and a place that, that, that they can thrive in, a place that, that there could be a focus on them. And, and we're wanting to come in here and, and update this antiquated technology that's in here so that, not so we can have a pretty place to be able to worship, but so that we can just not re- receive, but we can also reach. But we can't do all this. Like this church can't be what you believe that it can be and what you desire for it to be without all the body parts coming together and saying for such a time as this, I'm gonna allow God to use my gifts and my talents so that we as a church can seek to save the lost. So friend today, after the service, we've got some tables that are out there and you can stop by, you can get some information. There's a little form you can scan with your phone and you can kind of pick if there's any areas that you're interested in. Um, we've got some crispy cream donuts there just to try to get you there. Like, <laughs> if the Holy Spirit can't get you there, maybe crispy cream will get you there. <laughs> Would you bow your head with me? Father, today... Lord, we want to be difference makers. The Lord, you've designed us to be that. You didn't design us to live life about ourselves and our own mission and the things that we want to chase after to, to fulfill our own lives, but you created us, Lord, to live a life on mission. And that, Father, as we do that, Lord, all those other things begin to fall into place in our life. Lord, I pray that today, Lord, that you would stir within our heart. Lord, stir within our heart. Lord, let the idea of serving, Lord, let it be beyond a need, Lord. Let it it be something that we hear your Holy Spirit saying to us today that this is the way that I've created you. In Jesus' name. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and His church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.